What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Time is Right podcast. This is Scott Smith. I am your host, and we are so excited that you would hang out with us on this beautiful day, evening, morning, whenever it is that you listen to this podcast episode. Uh, This is Time is Ripe. It's the podcast of Ripe Creatives, and it's the place where we go back in time to discuss dates in time uh, that happened as a part of our Ripe community, events that we hosted, events that we went to, all that kind of stuff. And uh, today's going to be a really fun episode. We are going back to June, sorry, July 29th, 2022. We did a thing called the uh, Germantown Block Party. It was an awesome event that we did in partnership with our friends at Shores of Grace. And uh, here to talk about today's episode, I have a few guests with me. Of course, we got none other than Jarrett, Top Mop, Moses, Productions, Man with the Creatives Hat, in the microphones, <laughs> you you always come up with some interesting uh, intros. You you always switch it up for me. Yeah, I'm I'm an intro switcher. I mean, that's what I do. You know, I just switch up all the intros as often as I can. Jared is back in the oh, room, yeah. and uh, it's good to have you on a microphone again. Because sometimes you know he's in the room but not on a microphone. But today we got him back on pod. Yeah, this is definitely an episode that I wanted to be on the mic for because I got to be a big part of this, and it was it was a great event. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, it was a very great day. And uh, we could not do this episode without these other two wonderful people that are in the room with us. Hey. And so we are so excited to introduce them to all of you. Uh, we got the, the the founder of Shores of Grace Philly in the building, Mr. Luke Billman. What's going on, baby? Hey, here I am, Luke Billman, Shores of Grace Ministries. Excited to be here. Here with my son. I'm Leighton Billman. I am his son. He's got his own microphone. <laughs> He's yeah, got he his, own his own microphone. Mic. My bad. Uh, Leighton <laughs> is the son, the son of Shores. You know, pivotal um, part of the ministry. Pivotal, yeah. pivotal. I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing what you guys are doing over in Germantown, and uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't think of a way to do this episode without you. Honestly, Luke, we wouldn't have d- shot it until you were available. Um, because it doesn't make sense to talk about this event without having the people who made it all happen in the room with us. And obviously this was kind of in large part a brainchild of yours and ours uh, to do this in partnership. So uh, what we're going to talk about is a little bit of the backstory of how we got to July 29th, 2022, doing a ripe concert takeover block party type thing uh, in Germantown, but also... Uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot that leads up to that actual date happening, um, that kind of led us in the direction of trying to pull this thing off. So, and I think it was the summer of 2021, uh, late summer, early fall, uh, there was a thing called extreme tour that I myself, uh, went on tour with the extreme tour for a couple of weeks. Uh, my tour run started in Western PA. I went down through, uh, West Virginia into uh, Tennessee and Kentucky and uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, and our last event was in Philadelphia uh, while I was on tour with them. It's like a missional tour uh, where you go, you know, as a missionary, as a musicianary, <laughs> is what they call it, uh, you know, doing art as a, as a missionary on tour in the States. Uh, they do have, you know, South America run, a Europe run as well, but I was on the East Coast leg of the U.S. tour with Extreme Tour. And that last show, the Philadelphia show, uh, was with you, Luke, at Shores Mm -hmm. of Grace. 
and it was a really great experience and it kind of gave us a taste of something that we felt like okay this is something super valuable for the neighborhood um, where people are coming in they're sharing music they're sharing love they're sharing some gospel kingdom truth with people uh, but more than anything else it was just like a giant party for the neighborhood and so, yeah, if you just want to go with me back to 2021 and talk about that event, yeah, what were some of the strengths of you know what we saw that day? Yeah, yeah, they uh, Extreme Tour has a, a beautiful ministry, and it was totally, totally divine that uh, the the connection was made um, with us. Like we were we were blessed by <clears throat> what they had to offer when they came. The neighborhood. Or all the all the people in the neighborhood talked about it for like a year um, after they were there, um, and the, the the night of was just it was awesome. They they did a great job, a wide variety of stuff, like super, uh, uh, I don't know, eccentric or diverse, di- diverse in, in what they had to offer um, as far as the different artists that were there. Um, the people that they had on tour with them that were emceeing the entire event were super engaging. A lot of the kids in the community were really blessed as, as well as um, the adults. There were a number of people that, um, you know, are, are kind of living in, in worse situations than most and struggling with addiction and stuff like that that were touched deeply, um, specifically towards the end of the event. Like it was great. We, we had a great time with, with yeah. everything that, that they had to offer there. Yeah, it was, it was really good. And Philadelphia, I mean, I was on tour for about two and a half weeks and I would say the Philly show was like one of the strongest events that we got to be a part of whenever I was on tour. Um, we just had like a lot of challenges with rain, mm-hmm. um, you know, different events kind of getting uh, rained out or postponed or, having to get shifted to a different location, last minute, stuff like that. Um, so we were kind of like really excited by the time we got to Philly to do the Philly show. Obviously, it's where I call home mm-hmm. um, and really right down the street from where I, I live uh, in terms of neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the team was really excited and we got to do search and rescue stuff on the night before the event, um, which was like go out into Philly and just meet people and share with them about who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and how they could come to the show the next day. And uh, and the, the, the event itself was really great. Um, now, the one challenge, I think, with the Extreme Tour was just from a representation standpoint, the lineup of the Extreme Tour, uh, it worked perfectly in Tennessee. It worked perfectly in Kentucky. It was totally fine in South Carolina, totally great in Virginia. <clears throat> But in Philadelphia, <laughs> it didn't necessarily fit um, the demographic of the people that we were in front of. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a as a group of artists, you know, that, that were on that tour, coming back to Philadelphia, kind of we felt a little bit of a tension. Like, is this going to work in the neighborhood? Whenever all of the artists don't look like the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was a big conversation that we had even leading up to the event. The event for all intents and purposes went super well. Yeah. yeah. But we still mm-hmm. sensed that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like, man, what could this look like if the artists on stage were more representative yeah. of the of this neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting you bring that up because 
maybe a couple weeks ago, shortly before you asked me about doing this, um, my, my wife and I were talking about the importance of context in ministry and how that varies between whether you're in ministry in the suburbs of rural area or the city. Yep. And um, I, as my wife and I were having this conversation, I started to speak in broad terms about every major city in the U.S., and she was like, you're doing the same thing that we're talking about right here, that you're trying to cast this wide net, thinking that um, just because you're able to connect with the culture where you're at, that you can project that onto every other inner city within the United States. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think that's that's a problem that a lot of people run into when they, they try to look at things like ministry is something you have a playbook on, and it can just be applied to wherever you're at straight from the book, and that's not the case. And particularly in Philadelphia, like we have not just sections, you're not just in north, south, east, or west. Within those uh, north, south, east, and west sections, you have these smaller micro-neighborhoods within neighborhoods. For example, in where we did the, the RIPE event in, in July, we live in the Brickyard section of Germantown. Within the Brickyard section of Germantown, there's block-specific communities yep. of how to relate to people. And what the Extreme Tour had to, had to offer was awesome, but it was a broad net that was cast that was kind of like, we're not doing this specific to the culture that we're coming to at each spot. It's we've curated something that works on a very broad scale. Absolutely. People are touched. Jesus is present. The Holy Spirit's there. It's not a matter of, you know, we're, we're neglecting to try to tune in to where we're at, but there was something special that was missing from uh, when the extreme tour was there that it wasn't specific to what we needed. And I think that's something that you and I, uh, that, that Ripe and Shores uh, was really able to curate, that it was specific to what was happening in the neighborhood, that we could speak to specific things that the people that live within earshot of where we were at um, were experiencing or struggling with or you know, encountering in their lives that we had things like that to offer and yep. uh, and more specific ways to show up and touch people's hearts. Yeah, and it's no shade to what happened with the Extreme Tour. Like, yeah, totally, you were there, totally. right? It was an awesome day. Yeah, I know a lot of kids were very looking forward to it, and they were talking about it to a lot of their friends. They invited many uh, people from their class and in their neighborhood. It was a blast, man. But both both events were really great, uh, and it and it's and it's no shade on what Extreme Tour does because it's a product of the model, mm-hmm. right? You're going yeah. on tour nationally, yeah, and yeah. you're going on tour for four months at a time, and artists are jumping in for two week increments, and so you're lining up the artists that you have based upon their availability yeah. Yeah. with the calendar you've established with the design of the tour. So you get who's available, right? It's nothing like they could have done differently on their end. It's just a product of the model that they've created. And, but I think coming out of the event, in the midst of it being like, wow, God is so good, look at this. Mm-hmm. There was this wrestle where I, I, you asked me the question pretty directly. I don't know if you'll remember even saying this. But you said, can't you just do this yourself? Yep. <laughs> and I was like, 
I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, like, in theory, yes, but no, we can't because we don't have the equipment. Yeah, yeah. And we went back and forth. Well, how much is it to rent the stage? How much is it to get speakers like that? And yeah, is it and I was like, well, I think you'd spend more than we spent yeah. to bring in the Extreme Tour. Because uh, they don't ask for a ton of money by any stretch, especially not for how many people it is. But you do have to house them. You mm-hmm, do have to feed mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do need to give them, you know, kind of a, a going rate to help them get on the 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 bus to go to the next city. So yeah. it adds up yeah. in the sense of for, you know, a ministry like ours and ministry like Shores, it's, you know, it, it adds up quick and it's a big investment. And so we were trying to figure out, could we spend less money than we spent on this, but use Philadelphia artists? Yeah, yeah. And the big question mark was going to be equipment. And what's crazy is that show, I think, with Extreme Tour was in September mm-hmm. of 2021. Yeah, yeah. And in October, we did the show with Namara. Yes. Yes. Was it October? <laughs> yeah, because September was Schuler. And October was with Namara. So one month later, we do an event with Namara. And immediately after that event, she's like, hey, I'm moving to Miami. I want to sell you some gear. And we go look at this gear and we're like, this gear is amazing, but there's no way we can afford to to buy it. The next day, Namara gives us like literally $10,000 worth of gear as a donation to Ripe Creatives that completely changed our next 12 months i remember that phone call you're not going to believe this dude yeah and it wasn't everything we would need to do but it was the first step yeah yeah and it was like the lights and some speakers and stuff that we didn't end up using because we upgraded other things through a whole other series of of things but it was the beginning of god being like if you say yes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i will provide yeah yeah and so it was like okay lord like we give you our yes and everything so We'll give you our yes to trying to do outreach concert in Philadelphia yeah. in partnership with Shores of Grace 2022 um, next summer, you know, uh, but we need we need the gear. And yeah. so it's yeah. just started a snowball effect. Um, Philadelphia Project gave us their stage. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even remember they had it. It was sitting in storage under a stage collecting dust for like seven years. And we went and found it and uh, and pulled it out. So we had a stage. Uh, then Change Church gave us some trussing and the main and QSC the speakers. Yeah. like speakers, which were actually the same model as mm-hmm. what the Extreme mm-hmm. Tour had had the year before. Um, and then we threw out a thing to our support base, to basically the people who listen to this podcast, like, hey, we want to buy some subwoofers. This is what they cost. Found a way to get them super cheap through like mutual friends. Um, and you know, just like, can we raise this one day came in in one day, Yeah, yeah. um, the amount of money we needed to buy the subs. And so basically we piecemealed between the Mars donation, change church, Philly project, our supporters and your gear. Yes. Jared's gear and DJ and G and even some of ripe's gear itself and as yeah, well. Cause we were using a bunch of our stuff. Already. Yeah. Between all of that, we were able to basically recreate the extreme mm-hmm. tour production. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, this is almost identical to what they did last year. Yeah. Ours mm-hmm. is probably a little bit more jankified of a stage. But we had, you know, right? I mean the, the stage needed some help, <laughs> but we can some, talk about that later. We, we could get some clamps. <laughs> we could get some clamps. That's, that's that's all I need. Doc Just almost fell through. But, oh god. Um 
but then we designed out the events. We have everything we need to do it. Now it's just personnel. Mm -hmm. And what I was so encouraged by was every single person we asked to perform at this event Mm -hmm. said yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not like, here's a thousand dollars, you know, here's $5,000. Here's like a real booking for you to get you. It was like, we're serving the neighborhood. We'll get you a couple bucks you know, cover like some travel to get there and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be like a real paycheck, but will you serve? Yeah. <clears throat> and one person after another, Jared said yes. Ant said yes. Joy and P-Syke said yes. Um, A-Ram said yes. Doc Hero said yes. Namara even came out and was like, yo, I want to be a part of this too. Yeah, she asked I know. to come out and she do it. She was like, how, how do I get on this? And I was like, done. <laughs> okay, you're done. You're on it. Um, Abel did it, uh, Demir was on it, and Leah Wren, I believe, was the last one. And Sergene and... Oh, Sergene and AVG. AVG. Two poets. So it was like this huge, you know, 10-artist lineup from nothing with all the equipment we need from nothing Mm -hmm. in one year's time to be able to say, okay, we can throw same level of something, but using Philadelphia artists using people that when they step into the neighborhood context are a representation of the people that they're in front mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I think was really, really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Layden? Uh, I loved it. It was <laughs> very loud and loud and great. Yeah. It was very enjoyable. It was like an actual concert. Like people felt like almost privileged to be there. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and we, I, I got that vibe from everybody, too. That, And that's what's so cool about where we're positioned. Like, we're on a main thoroughfare. We have a big yard in the church that we can just do stuff right on the street side that people would just randomly be walking by and come in and be like, well, what, what's going on here? Yeah. And I think uh, even beyond, like, um, the artists that we had lined up to, to perform and everything, just like Extreme Tour did there were extra things thrown in there that spoke to the community, like the groups yep. that came out to speak to gun violence and, um, you know, shootings in Philadelphia and stuff like that, losing your children um, to stuff like that, that there was like, it was more than just, this is a fun ministry event, like a youth group thing. It was, we want to do something that's going to speak to the hearts of the people that have been hurt by the world in, in this place. And, yep. um, you know, I think just, that vibe happening beyond people that knew what was going on that came out on purpose. Uh, that vibe that was happening as people walked by, it drew a lot of people in periodically um, throughout the day of the event. And it was just super cool to, uh, to see how God really used that as a beacon to bring people in and touch people's hearts. Yeah. It was so good, man. It was, it was well-placed because I rem- looking at it like after the fact it was like strategically like this wasn't even on purpose but it was perfect how we're in the front of the church and it's back away from the road Mm -hmm. but you can see everything from the road Mm -hmm. if we if the lot had even been behind the church it would have been an issue i know we had the conversation if it rains and we go inside can we still do it and you're like no no one's gonna come no one's gonna see it yeah and so just the the placement of it all was what we needed for the community to see and come out yeah 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 and i mean it's it's like basically using the front of the stone old church as the backdrop, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that looked really cool like with the a, lights. Once night hit, it, yeah. was awesome. oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It looked so good. And it was just like the perfect kind of experience where 
like the buy-in over the course of the night mm-hmm. just kept going up and up for the audience. And like you said, because of its placement, a lot of people were drawn in. They're mm-hmm. just literally walking by. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the speakers that Change gave us, those things sound so Kick. good. And they're just like ringing out over the entire yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. Like you could hear it from, you know, 10 streets away and you would be drawn to what is happening. Yeah, like there's yeah. a concert happening in Germantown <laughs> outside at night. <laughs> you know, like that's not, a, that's not a thing that Germantown gets a ton of, to be honest, yeah, you know, because yeah. a lot of people have preconceived notions, whether based in fact or in um, stereotype about it being not you know, the safest place in the world to be, um, which, you know, is true, but there's still a lot of space for there to be love. And that's what I think is so beautiful about mm-hmm. Shores of Grace. And there is such a safety mm-hmm. to your space mm-hmm. where God's hand of protection is on it, but yeah. there's also a respect about your place Yeah, yeah. from the residents of Germantown. Like that's where our kids go yeah. to be safe. That's where they can show up and play basketball. That's where they can show up and, you know, ride their bikes or yeah. skateboard or whatever it is in this lot. Don't mess with, you know, the Billmans, right? Yeah. Don't mess with Luke. <laughs> Don't mess with Shores. Um, that That's a safe space. Mm-hmm. And so that's a part of what made it successful. Because in the heart of Germantown, there is this beacon of light. Yeah. Yeah. And hope that people feel like, oh, yeah, that's a place we can go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, totally, totally. It's so good. He's like, I don't want to brag on what we have. <laughs> Shores of Grace is amazing. And e- even for us, like when we thought about doing these outreaches, because this was a pilot for us, for Ripe Creatives, we would like to do these all over Philadelphia. This, We would like this to be one of the primary things that our ministry does in the city is do local neighborhood to neighborhood free outreach concerts for blocks basically in 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 philly but one of the things i press into wholeheartedly is the partnership aspect Mm -hmm, of stuff mm -hmm. you do not just do shows to do shows yeah there there are a lot of work there are a lot of resources (laughs) so to just show up do a show and then disappear is not helpful in any stretch of the imagination yeah but to do an event in partnership with you know a ministry like shores of grace that's committed to their neighborhood day in day in day in day out week in week out all year long Mm -hmm. and it's an expression of your family it's an expression of who you are as a a person of hospitality in your neighborhood yeah Yeah. to partner with you any day of the week that makes sense well thank you thank You you Yeah, and and we we appreciate ripe and and the fact that you guys understand that like we're, you know, we've experienced this as being a, a ministry in the inner city where people kind of look at it as a, a tourist thing. Like we can, we can book a week or a weekend to come and do something with Shores of Grace and then bust out and have cool stories about being in a, a more dangerous part of the city in their minds and stuff like that. And we're not really with that. We don't, we don't advertise for people to come like that. We're, we'd rather go broke and minister broke than kind of sell out. I don't know if that's a Gen X thing in me or what, of just like <laughs> not wanting to sell out or what. But we, we've, never, we've never felt that from, from Ripe or any of the artists connected with Ripe, that it was uh, we want to come and take pictures of being in uh, 
you know, a, a poorer zip code of the city, city or something like that. It felt like, and I know there was buy-in from everybody that was there, that the reason that you wanted to come was because of the people. And I think that's like the heart of Jesus. Like when you read the Bible and <clears throat> look at the way that Jesus ministered, it wasn't go into spots that would get the biggest spotlight or anything like that. It was just about the people, you know, and I, I think there's something special in understanding uh, context when you come into different uh, different neighborhoods and stuff to minister that you're being a Greek to a Greek, a Jew to a Jew, the Roman to the Roman, and so on and so forth, that you're showing up in a way and you're speaking in a way that people understand that there's not something that elevates you above everyone else, but you're making yourself go low on purpose, that you can relate to all the people around you, and everybody at RIPE um, really embodied that at the day of the event. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because you realize a big part of it is most of the people on the lineup, not most, I would say a third of the people on the lineup, maybe half, live in Germantown. Mm-hmm. Right. So they live in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And that was what was so unique about it is like, what does it look like for the kingdom Christian artists of Philadelphia that live here, that live down the block from Shores of Grace to be invited to be a part of this? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like that was a big thing for me coming out of the extreme tour was wrestling and maybe this is just me being emotional or whatever, but I felt like I was wrong every time I left the city. Mm -hmm. So on that two week tour, we were in 10 cities or whatever it was, you know, like stopping in for a couple of days and then leaving for the next spot and you build relationships and you're trying to do ministry with people and then you leave. And I felt like this feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Like in my gut, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I can't place it, Lord, like help me. And I was like, oh, this like isn't how we were intended to live. Mm-hmm. Like you're intended to do life and community with, with a ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. And that was the thought was, what if the local neighborhood people were the ones performing yeah, yeah. on the stage, yeah, yeah. right? What if the stage comes and is set up and the microphone is being given back to the neighborhood mm-hmm. rather than that we're coming in as the voice to tell yeah. the neighborhood yeah. what it needs to hear. It's elevating the voice of the people yeah. that are already yeah. there. And that's always how I felt that's what Jesus does, right? Yeah. He comes and he empowers, he lifts up, he picks these 12 dudes. They become the carriers of the message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, it's better for me to leave. Yeah. Deuce, deuce, Holy Spirit, come. And now you are going to be the ones to carry on this mission. Yeah. And yeah. so there's an equipping and an elevating and then a moving back to let them have their thing. And that's what I felt like is the goal here is like, how do we come in? How do we do the equipment right? Mm-hmm. How do we set this up? But not just bring in ripe artists, yeah. but invite the joy ikes of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And say, joy, you live around the corner, corner yeah. peace. You live on the other side. Can you guys be one of the first voices that, that this concert has? Yeah. To so people know that we're here for you. Yeah. We're yeah. not here to come in and put on a show. We're here yeah. to elevate uh, this neighborhood's voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think you even saw it beyond the artists and people that were like 
intimately invited to be a part of stuff because both at the Extreme Tour and at the Ripe event this year, there were like residents of the neighborhood that were coming up like, let me get the mic for a minute because I, I have something to say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let me spit something real quick. I, I have something I want to drop on people real quick. Whether it was relevant or not, <laughs> there's something cool about people in the community feeling like I have a voice and these people are willing to give me a microphone to share that. Yeah. Even if it's just a brief, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand, but I remember several points throughout the night where there's people coming up like, hold up real quick, real quick. Let me just, you know, <laughs> let me get that mic real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm like, Scott, am I supposed to mute them now? Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to let this happen. Let, let it ride. It's a party. Just let it ride. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to have some, level of not chaos right yeah. where it's just like turns into people saying a whole bunch of craziness but there is so much value in i was seen yes yes i was cared for absolutely i was given an opportunity absolutely that absolutely. matters just as much as the best artists coming up on stage to perform yep. the best version of their best yep. song totally totally you know <clears throat> so there was there was one guy that um you know, we, we do we do events in the yard all the time, like out, outdoor movies and cookouts and stuff like that. And there's this one guy that would show up all the time and never talk to me, never engage with me. I don't even know if I knew his name before before the ripe event. And <clears throat> he stayed all the way to the very end. He was hammered drunk. I was kind of like like being the police at a, at a point of just making sure this drunk guy wasn't like being too drunk with people and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but he felt like he was given a voice, gave me his phone number at the end and, and a big hug and was crying in my arms. And that had never happened before. And that's not something that happens on the side of the street in Germantown ever. You know, well, a couple times, but it was totally the Lord that it, that it's happened. Um, and, and it was all because this guy was invited to the front. This guy was invited to participate. It wasn't just, we have going, something going on, and I'm not going to bother you if you don't want to talk to me. You know, there was like, uh, there was just something in the air that was inviting, that was like, we want you to be a part of the community. We're not going to pressure you. This isn't a thing of like, we're trying to convert you or anything like that, but we're the vibe that we're putting out right now is we want you to be a part of what we have going on. Um, and it touched this man's life <clears throat> to where he reached out to me in ways that he never reached out to me before. So good. Super cool. Super cool. Stuff yeah. like that is why I appreciate the way we do these events because like you never know, like the him connecting with you like that could have been a buildup of like the past six months totally, of totally. him coming to events and having to feel, yeah. feel it out, see, do I actually want to connect with this man? And if we were just people coming in for the novelty of doing an event for someone, yeah. that that connection would never have happened. Yeah. And and I'm not a fan of when events just go in, do their thing and leave because it, it it's like, all right, you know, Jesus, good luck. Figure it out yeah. on your own now. Yeah. You got to give them <laughs> someone to grow with. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, a, to me, it's a stewardship thing. Yep, totally. It's a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of resource. Where are you going to do those to make the most impact, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And not and not most impact in the sense of most people coming to the event, because that may or may not mean impact. Yeah. Jesus left yeah. the big crowds all the time to go hang out with mm -hmm. a few people. So it's never about the numbers. 
but it is about what are we doing today that's going to lead to something else, yes. right? How are yeah. we a part of a bigger story that's happening in this place? Because or what are you of, doing with what you've been entrusted with? Yes. I, I think there's something huge in that that I can see play out and ripe, just like the um, the three servants or whatever that were, were left with the responsibility to oversee uh you know the investment that the the landowner or whatever gave them yeah that the one guy turned 10 into 20 or 5 into 10 and so on and so forth and the other dude just buried it yeah you don't you guys don't bury things you're pouring into what you're doing and you can see god really uh growing the investment that you've made in the ministry you know and i, I think you can see that stuff play out in in practical things like equipment and stuff like that, but you can also see it play out in the lives of people mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> you know, people like that, that randomly showed up to the, to the concert that night that may have come to things that we did before. There's something different about the investment that Wright made in the community that made this person say, I want to connect with you on a deeper level because of what I've experienced so in a larger community setting here. It's awesome. It's so good, man. Mm, that's the hope, you know, and that's like even the idea of, you know, how do you multiply this concept into other neighborhoods, other streets, other blocks, right, on other dates in mm-hmm. summer 23 or summer 24, and the challenge is we won't do it without a Luke, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We won't do it without a Shores of Grace. Like, if there isn't a meaningful partner it's not worth just showing up at the park and doing a show to do a show. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of set the bar too high a little bit, you know, <laughs> um, just kidding. But, you know, but I, I think it's, I think it's just creating a, a sense of, you know, stewardship mm-hmm. and, and wisdom of, okay, we want to do more of these and okay, if we're going to do Germantown, what's it look like to do North and what's it look like to do hunting park and what's it look like to do West and Southwest but none of those are going to be just to do the show. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. got to be intentional with somebody that's deeply committed to the context, deeply committed to the neighborhood. And we get to be a bridge between that person that's committed to the context and the people that maybe would have been fringers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on the outside. But music is the thing that was able to draw them yeah, in, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, that's the thing, Luke, like, you're not a hip-hop artist, a poet, singer-songwriter, and, you know, worship leader. Like, you can't be all of those things simultaneously things. No. <laughs> for your neighborhood. But I like all of those things, but I'm not those you things. You can't be those yeah. things. But that's what we can be, you know, is yeah, we can be yeah. that that avenue for art in its purest form of, like, making much of who Jesus is, having power, uh, being presented mm-hmm. in your space because it's going to connect with some people that, you know, the the cookout didn't work. Yeah. Totally. Or the movie night totally, didn't work. Totally. Or, you know, whatever else, the, the cleanup program didn't mm-hmm. work. But the concert, mm-hmm. for some people, that's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the hook, mm-hmm. you know, for them to be able to, to meet you and your family and ultimately get to have a relationship built for the purpose of yeah. evangelism, you yeah. know. So it's good. Layton, what do you feel, bro? Any, um, any like acts from that night i mean joy aram leah wren demir abel 
uh, Doc Hero, Namora, anybody like stand out, the poetry that you were like, oh man, that was the, that one was great for us. Um, I forget the name of one of the rappers. Uh, like a lot of people were felt involved and like almost connected to the artist and also the you talking about the dude that opened with the mob deep riff there the uh who was that a ram a ram yeah i think so and uh also the spoken word a lot of people like appreciated that they felt uh represented too and connected to the artist yeah yep yeah, there was a really AVG wrote a piece specifically about um, like a mother losing their mm, child mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to gun violence, and we brought in Zarina Lomax. Shout out to Zarina because uh, Zarina does work with families of victims of gun yeah. violence yeah. in the city of Philadelphia. Is like one of the biggest act- activists in the city trying to push back against the gun violence epidemic narrative. Uh, you know, what's happening in Philadelphia, not uh, an agenda, like what's literally happening in our city. So she's like one of the people that's trying to combat that and trying to see the city get healed. So we brought Zarina in and she actually had parents who had lost their kids to gun violence come in and share their stories. Mm-hmm. And then one of the poets did a piece about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so raw. And so much of the day was like joy and high energy and like, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. But there was this real moment in the middle of the day that was like, you could hear a pin drop, you know, from the sense of like the reflectiveness of the space for a little while in light of that. Um, And a challenge, I think, to the neighborhood of like, we got to do better for our kids. Like this, these families shouldn't, this, this shouldn't be multiplied in our city, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm saying this in a in a broad sense, but the general feeling that that I get in the neighborhood is like you become numb to hearing gunshots around your house to where you kind of know that you're like, oh, that's like 5 blocks down the street. That's not something I need to really be concerned about right now and you just become numb from hearing about it on the news that it's all happening within a 10-12 block radius around your house that it becomes difficult to have these conversations. But when she was on stage just sharing in, in such a raw way, it was just like this record scratch where everybody that was there was just like honed in on her, um, listening to what she had to say. And I think it really like kind of broke broke this like hardened heart that you just kind of instinctively start to get just to protect yourself from hearing this sort of stuff happening all the time in your neighborhood. Like it's not just seeing stuff on the news for us in Germantown. It's we heard somebody get shot. We heard the tires screech when someone ran away. We're hearing people scream in the streets when somebody gets shot and stuff like that. Like it's very real and raw for the people that live right around, um, you know, where we live in, in Germantown and, when she got up and spoke, I could just sort of feel this thing in the air of like raw emotions starting to come back into people's lives instead of just this robotic, this is the defense mechanism that I use to deal with this when I hear another kid got shot or another thing went down, down the street and stuff like that. It was, it was so precious. I mean, in a word, it's lament. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we never felt 
we're going to come into a context like Germantown and do this party, you know, and do this block party, like to, to bypass the weight, the heaviness of what this neighborhood experiences, you know, week in and week out all year round to just ignore that and be like, isn't it fun? Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. is awesome. (laughs) Like just try to throw the Lego movie concert would be totally a disservice to the kingdom, to to the gospel, Mm -hmm. to Jesus, like saying Jesus wept when he came to heal, right? He he was coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew what he was going to do. But he still took time to weep with with Mary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have to create space even in the midst of the joy and celebration that you're headed towards to lament. Yeah. Yeah. Th- we're sorry this is happening. We're with you in this. Yeah. yeah. We're all experiencing this together and and I appreciate the naming of like numbness mm-hmm. that that's the natural response right now in the neighborhood and at least for a day, for a night that was cracked open mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. lament is such a huge part of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's such, it's, you know, 75% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Yeah. They're not songs of Psalms of Jubilee or of celebration. They're of lament. Lament is a big part of our experience on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm glad that we, uh, we made that decision together to say, how do we honor this? Yeah. How do we create space for grief? Because people are grieving or needing to grieve. Um, instead of just ignoring that and moving yeah, forward. Yeah. Serena, shout out to you. Thank you for for being a part of that thing with us. Um, there was also some really cool stuff. Uh, the bikes. <laughs> what a story. Yeah. Yeah, this is wild. So Lori Westwood, Chuck Westwood, if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but uh, longtime friends of ours, the Westwoods um, down in Delaware, uh, House of Praise for all people, if you're ever in the in the area, um, <clears throat> had reached out, and uh, we were just kind of talking. It wasn't about, I don't think it was about the concert at all. Um, we were just kind of talking about career moves and stuff like that, and um, Chuck was sharing with me that this bike shop uh, down by Rehoboth, I, I guess because of the pandemic or whatever, like, their policy was if you dropped your bike off to get it fixed, if you hadn't come and picked it up in six months or a year or something like that, that they were going to trash the bike. Um, and there were a ton of them that just kept coming in to, to Chuck's work um, <clears throat> that this bike shop couldn't use. And he was like, could you use any bikes? And I was like, yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> and he was like, how many? And I was like, I don't know. How many can can you bring? He said, I don't know how many can do you think I can fit in a four horse trailer? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Let me let me kind of think through this here, you know. Um, and I think they brought what did they bring up, Leighton? Like 30, 30 some bikes or something like that? Yeah, something like high 30s, like 38 or yeah, 30, 40, somewhere in that range. You just drove all the way up two and a half hour drive from uh, down by down around Rehoboth area um, with these bikes, dropped all these bikes up off got back in his truck and left um and that was it and wide array like from toddler sized bikes up on to whatever the giant like professional yeah actual racing bikes and i don't know bikes but the ones with the curved handles where you're like you know whatever 
Tour de France type bikes and stuff. <laughs> um, and originally we had thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. We can give bikes away at the concert. And then we started to think that's going to be anarchy. Yeah, <laughs> <These kids. laughs> when there's like a hundred kids the and there's only bike. forty bikes, or yeah, yeah, I got the red one, I, I wanted the black one, or whatever. Um, so we 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 kind of like spread the word at the event. I think we gave a couple out ahead yeah. of time, uh, but we spread the word at the event to to different kids that were were there to come back at a different day. And <clears throat> even when we had given away like most of the age or gender appropriate bikes or whatever kids were still like like 10 12 year old boys are like i want the pink one we're like are you sure he's like yeah yeah yeah. i want the pink one i'll just get some black spray paint or whatever i don't care you know so it wasn't a matter of these brand new still wrapped in plastic bikes being given out to people it was just like the generosity of man these these people, Luke and Allison, Leighton, all, all of our kids, everybody with Shores can connect with where we're at, that this bike that I've been using is just junk <laughs> and it stinks and the chain pops off every every three swipes of the pedal or whatever um, and stuff like that, that. They were just happy to get what they could there. But they would come back for, man, like a month after that, they'd swing through in the parking lot and let me show you a wheelie I can do real quick. Let me show you these tricks I learned. Look, I put some pegs on there. Look at this paint job. And it's awful. Like, it's this terrible, terrible <laughs> paint. It's like not even paint that's going to stay on the bike. But you could tell this kid took forever to just try to make these brush strokes awesome to do something cool on this, yeah. you know, pink bike from Rehoboth and stuff. So just just a huge blessing that it wasn't just from that night that they had this awesome concert experience to leave with, but they left with something tangible that it's, it's like you're making a deposit in somebody's life, you know? And yeah, maybe it was bikes that somebody was getting rid of in Delaware that made their way to Philly. It wasn't like we're giving away Trek or, you know, whatever, Cannondale bikes and stuff like that. Um, But these kids could feel this, like you're making a deposit in my life you realize I've outgrown the bike that I have now and I need the next size up and things like that. Or, you know, my little sister doesn't have a bike and you're giving her one. Um, That it was something that not just gives them an activity to do to get them off the couch or away from the TV and out and about in the neighborhood, but it's something that they feel like they have to take care of then. That it's like, I got this gift and this wasn't just somebody trash picked this thing and gave it to me, but it was a good bike that this person took time fixing up and making sure everything was cool. Yeah. Shout out to Chuck. He took every bike that came in, he took his time to really tighten everything up, grease all the chains, do all that to make sure that everything was workable. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. It was such a wild thing for me to see because I had literally thought, man, I wish we could get bikes. (laughs) Like I had a post, a draft post on Facebook, like trying to figure out how do I reach out to all of our supporters and like how much does a bike really cost? But it was like in the pandemic, it was like mm-hmm. kind of expensive, yeah, you know, like yeah. coming out of the Everyone pandemic. Everyone bikes. Yeah, yeah. it's like bikes were really expensive. So it was like, is that even a good ask to our supporters? Like, you know, can you guys give $10,000 to get us enough bikes for this to be a worthwhile thing. Yeah. 
and literally the next day, Luke's like, hey, do you think we could use any bikes <laughs> for the concert? And I was like, bro, this is crazy. <laughs> and it was just, to me, it was like such a subtle nudge from the Lord. I told you I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, remember yep. the gear yep. thing? You didn't have it, but you said yes. Yeah. So here's yeah. your gear. You want bikes? I have bikes. Yeah, yeah. I own it all. Yeah. And, you know, and I need to hear this again and again, because I'm always running from like risk and uh, can we do this is this gonna work out do we gonna have enough are we gonna make it to the end of the year kind of space which i think is okay to have wisdom and stewardship but it's amazing when you just just step out in faith and you say you know what lord like we don't know how it's gonna work but we believe that this is what you've called us to do and if it is can you show up and he does yeah totally totally yep so so good yeah and shout out to like all the sets. Uh, I know you talked about Aram a little bit in the poet. Um, I just want to shout out Namar and Doc for ending the night. Oh yeah, under the lights. Just I, I so wish we good. had been able to go later just to get more people in the dark. But like just with time of year and how the sun was setting, we didn't have as much time in the dark before everyone really needed to be home. But Namara, like her set, she brought in her drummer uh, uh, Malik. Yeah, Malik yeah. was there. He came in. He actually brought his kit, so thank you to him because we wouldn't have had drums there at all if it hadn't been for him. Um, they did their full set, sounded great. Doc came in last minute because he was busy working he earlier in the day. He had a wedding and he was working that day. But he showed up with his drummer, um, Sticks. Sticks. And actually, funny enough, Sticks and Malik knew each other, so they we <laughs> were like, "Oh, is everyone actually gonna let other people touch their drums, or are we gonna have to set up five drum kits?" And they're like, "Nah, bro, we're good." <laughs> oh, that's my guy. <laughs> Like, sick. Of course it is. Kingdom. <laughs> Kingdom in Philly. But yeah, those two sets just to like end the end the uh, experience. And I thought it was really cool, full circle to have Namara, yeah. who was like the beginning of the donation of yeah, gear. Yeah, yeah. You know, to kind of be like, this is what we're using, you, what you gave us to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. you gave us this stuff, and here's how we're taking the stuff that you gave us and leveraging it. Uh, to make an impact in yeah, the city, yeah. you know, like you, you made the right decision. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. And I know she was like super blessed by that. And I just remember thinking about these kids looking at Doc on stage as Doc's going absolutely insane because he goes insane. As he does. And like they're locked in because they can see themselves in him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it's not a far off thing. It's like, oh, he's from West. You know, yeah, like yeah. Doc grew up here. He grew yeah. up on a street like mine. Yeah. He grew up with the same story like mine. And now he's this guy who's this artist traveling and performing music on stages. Yeah. yeah. You know, gives them something to like to believe mm-hmm. that they could they could do or have for themselves yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's good. But you said it earlier, Doc almost died. Yes, Doc Doc did almost die because the stage came apart. He's jumping back and forth. like He's jumping right foot to left foot, like full weight back and forth. And all of a sudden, the stage starts splitting right down the middle. Oh, gosh. And he looks down, and he sees it like mid-jump, and he's like, oh. And I saw him shudder for a second, and then he never jumped the rest of the set. (laughs) I didn't know that. I didn't know that. (laughs) I come up later, and I just like slam the side of the stage to push it back. (laughs) Jared's just walking over like, what the heck? I'm like, Doc. Don't do this. We don't have insurance. <laughs> we do. We do have insurance. <laughs> but yeah, we would have had to use it. That would have been a problem. Um, 
but seriously, thank you to everybody who was a part of it. Thank you to all the people who came just to support and serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, brought food, uh, made signs. We're standing out in the corner. Yeah, saying yeah. come to the block yeah. party. Yeah. Um, I'm super thankful for everybody who played a part in it. And uh, Lord willing, it's just the first of the first of many. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a long partnership for the future. Got you on the North Philly front too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. We're, yeah. Gonna, we're gonna make it happen. Gonna make it happen. I think. I mean, there's a lot. I think, even Aram, you know, and we don't do this a lot. Like speak forward, but I think with Anthony being there, part of Esperanza and North Philly Hunting Park area, that was intentional to invite him to to perform on the event because he's somebody who could spearhead another one of these. Yeah, yeah. Around <laughs> Hunting Park. And it just made sense to be like, I want him to taste and see this to see if this is something that they would want for their space with Esperanza next year. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, they've even been doing that like on their own now, uh, and doing different outreach stuff, you know, in the in the neighborhood. So, I mean, that could be a partnership that that comes out of it, and you know, building other conversations as well um, with different neighborhoods. You know, there's what 50, 53 neighborhoods in Philadelphia. I think something 50, like that. Fifty five. I have 53. a I have a picture in my house of every neighborhood in Philadelphia. So we, we can reference that and just check them off as we go. Yeah. That's, that's, that would be the dream is like, how do you touch every one of these spaces? Yeah. You know, not, how do we go on an international tour? International gigs are great. It's awesome. But you could, you could be on tour neighborhood to neighborhood in the city of Philadelphia the entire year mm-hmm. and not run out Still of places to, yeah. to bless. <laughs> Um, it's a big city, and so you know we don't want to neglect home mm-hmm. for the sake of festivals and conferences and gigs. You know, other places that we we forget about yeah. where we're planted, which yeah, is the city totally, of Philadelphia. Totally. So, thank you for allowing us to yeah, dude. to be a part yeah. of your journey. Absolutely, and uh, we look forward to the future with you guys. Any last words, Layton? No, no. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, young man. Council was, president, right? It was fun. We don't normally get to have anyone that attended the event. It's always just people involved with the event. Yeah, of course. Here on the other side was cool. <laughs> Appreciate you, young man. Um, Luke, thanks again. Jarrett, as always, thank you for helping make these things possible. Yep. Um, thank you for listening to today's episode. We appreciate you. If you would like to partner with us, uh, you can jump on our website, ripecreatives.com. And click the give button uh, to be able to become a partner with all that we do that helps make things like the Germantown show possible and other things throughout the year uh, as well uh, that you've heard about in other episodes and will hear about in future episodes. If you'd like to join our community line where we can text you every individual episode of Time is Ripe, uh, just text us Time is Ripe to 215 273 3540 and we will make sure you get every single episode whenever they drop uh, we appreciate y'all hope you have a great rest of your day evening morning whatever time you're listening to this and as always until next time stay right <laughs>